This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening, you're with Lee Treedlin and Shamila Ganesan. Tonight, it's all about artificial intelligence and how it will change the world. So first, we look into which industries are more likely to feel the impact from AI, whether positive or negative. And then, how will artificial intelligence change our society? So we want to know, could you be replaced at your job by AI? Is that something you think about? Call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. This is Inside Story. is 6.08 and so we're talking about this today after a bunch of headlines, a slew of headlines have been coming out, um, creating this heightened interest in AI. It's been in the news an awful lot. I think if nothing else, you will have a passing familiarity with the term uh, chat GPT, which is an AI chatbot that people have been using to create charts, to, you know, answer questions, to do all sorts of things. And we were interested, therefore, in looking into how AI is going to affect the the jobs landscape, the industries that are in Malaysia, and then more broadly, potentially our society. So a lot of excitement um, and trepidation, I think, surrounding this issue, right? So if we look at what analysts are saying, analysts from Public Invest Research are expecting to see a rise in job orders for Malaysian technology companies in the near future. And this is coming as more investments are poured into AI. Um, The three major companies that collectively own about 35% of the global market share for chip production equipment have been increasing their production capacity in Southeast Asia. They're relocating their workforce here. Um, and companies like ABB, NVIDIA and Dynatrace are already developing AI applications that will make a lot of industries more efficient and more responsive. And with along with that, of course, come concerns, particularly around job replacement. The numbers are, are quite simple, or the numbers at least that they're positing are quite simple. The 2020, A12, uh, A2020 World Economic Forum study estimated that AI would destroy 85 million jobs in two years by 2025. However, it also estimates that the tech industry would create 97 million new ones in various industries. Now, it's worth, I think, looking at those numbers and asking whether those 85 million jobs are like-to-like replacements? And the answer is probably no. Um, The jobs that are being lost or the jobs that are being taken away the people who used to hold those positions are not necessarily immediately placed uh, or immediately positioned to then go on and participate in these 97 million new ones. So that that's something worth just highlighting. I mean, of course, you can pick up skills. There's, uh, Of course, you can upskill. That's partly what this is about. But yeah, I, I think that that's kind of what's driving the concern. Um, there are also worries that AI could increase cybersecurity attacks because messages from AI are becoming more human-like. It's becoming a little bit more difficult to discern when you're talking to a bot. Um, and then there are also the worries about art because, uh, for instance, Jason Allen, an artist um, who won the top prize last year at the Colorado State Fair, 
kind of angered a lot of artists because he had used AI to create his piece. And, and that's a whole other conversation. So I think it is quite telling, right, that the industries where we're seeing the most anxiety are exactly the industries that up till very recently people thought, well, only a human could do this. Human creativity cannot be replaced. Um, and yet with things like ChatGPT um, or even DALI, which is more specifically about uh, visual art. Uh, so ChatGPT, for instance, is an AI software that's been trained by data from the internet to be able to essentially generate answers in a human-like manner. And ChatGPT has been used to write everything from uh, annual reports to movie scripts. Not that they're actually being used that I know of, but people are sharing them on the internet. Short stories, um, generate responses to questions that sound very human-like. And I think this is basically creating this worry around how we value particular jobs, which until now were viewed as something that only a human could do. So uh, that leaves us asking, basically, could you be replaced at your job by AI? Um, but also, if we take a step back, how would you like to see AI used in general? We're seeing it integrated into a number of different things. Um, what do you think would make your life better, um, even if you lost your job? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we're going to be speaking with Hamida Aidila, um, who is the founder of Parrot Social, Keep it here on Inside Story, BFM 89.9. Because freedom matters, BFM 89.9. It is 6.14 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. We're talking today about artificial intelligence or AI because there have been a lot of headlines and therefore a lot of discussion about how it's going to impact industries and jobs, also how it's going to broadly affect our society. So we want to know... Um, in your view, uh, based on what you know, could you be replaced at your job by AI? Uh, but also, if you had thoughts on how you'd like to see AI used in general for the better, that number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at PFM Radio. Joining us now to talk about this is Hamida Aidila, founder of Parrot Social, uh, a data analytics and strategic advisory firm powered by artificial intelligence. Hamida, welcome to the show. So there's been a lot of news uh, on AI over the past few months, even though AI itself is not a new concept. Uh, what's driving this heightened interest in it? Yes, I was. Um, so I was mentioning a couple of things. I think first is definitely uh, the big tech layoffs that has recently happened at Google, Microsoft, Meta and Amazon. I think they've laid off of over uh, 50,000 people worldwide. Um, and um, because it, it has affects roles and job functions, I think people are a bit more attuned um, to the effects of technological change. I think it's not just about AI, but it's really the technological change and how it has evolved um, over a period of time. So we've been seeing a lot of talk about how AI will boost various industries. Could you tell us about the industries that it will have a direct impact on? I think... Um, I think there are, in terms of AI and also the current phenomenon, which is chat GPT, right? Uh, that's something that I think uh, people are talking a little more um, 
at this point in time. I think it has affected jobs um, and and may con- may affect jobs with regard to customer services, um, even human resources, um, sales, um, even the legal industry or the copywriting industry. I think that is because of the of the ability of ChatGPT to mimic the ability to write um, and write well. Um, and uh, and we just heard though from a guest who uh, from a listener, pardon me, who said that well, I work in the legal field and I don't think that AI can replace me. Um, and then we were talking about how perhaps it could then be used as a tool. So considering ChatGPT specifically, what does it mean for jobs and industries that rely on um, the skill of being able to write well? For instance, will people be using it in particular ways? Um, I think um, how I'd say is that AI and tools like Jet, Chat GPT can actually help to um, augment what um, the current specific skills uh, that people have today. Um, so it doesn't mean that this is a direct replacement to the job per se, um, because there are certain things that AI technology and Chat GPT cannot replace. Um, things like strategy things like thinking, things like innovation, um, complex problem solving, creativity, um, kindness, compassion, skills that require emotional intelligence, uh, empathy. I think those will never go out of style. Um, That's evergreen because at at the end of the day, we live in a society and as a society, we interact. um, Human beings interact with one another. I feel that technology will then help to augment some of the more mundane tasks that we have um, so that we can do the higher order thinking um, or jobs that are a bit more complex. Are there other AI programs or software that are directly capable of performing skills that were previously thought of as something only humans could do? Well, um, I think in terms of AI, there there are many different applications. Um, maybe I would I would speak a little bit in the marketing, um, PR, and and also communications industry because um, that that's something that I directly deal with. I think many years ago, um, it is just undreamed of that you can analyze data let's say, for example, 660 billion data points in under, in under a second. But now it is, it is possible. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, such capabilities were just not heard of. Um, you have to maybe read articles. Um, you, you would have to uh, do it in a certain routine, in a certain routine manner. But now you can actually augment it um, a lot faster. Um, and I think now you also have things like image recognition, image recognition technology um, that is able to identify images across the world um, in, again, in under one minute, if sometimes in under one second. Those things were never thought of in the past, um, but it has happened now. And of course, at the heart of our show, uh, there's also been concern that people will lose jobs uh, to AI. Is this a concern that's valid? I think this concern is shared um, not just in Malaysia. I think it's also shared globally. Um, and this talk about, oh, jobs, um, AI displacing my job, or will AI take over? Um, this debate has been going on, I think, for some time already. Um I think, and I would like to put it very optimistically um, to to everyone, that actually there are really certain things that AI cannot take over, technology cannot take over, and that is your mind, um, and that is your spirit of innovation, your spirit of problem solving, um, the spirit of being creative, um, the spirit of caring for each other. I think those those things applied in whichever industry um, 
will never be outdated. Um, of course, of course, I would say that maybe in the next 10 years, um, things like engineering, robotics, um, coding, all these skills will become more important um, or or high or, or greater high or, or or brought to the forefront a little more, but it doesn't mean that um um it, yeah I I think if there is upskilling and if you if you continue to evolve um that there will always be something for you to do. So related to that, actually, the most common argument we often hear is that although AI would replace certain jobs, new jobs would then come out of it. Could you tell us what these new jobs would encompass? That's a good question. Um, some of the new jobs possibly could be, okay, if I were to look at it from a macro perspective, um, we see certain themes like green technology, climate change, um, people's spirit of uh, environmentalism growing. Um, and even in, let's say, for example, the advertising um, industry, um, things like understanding the psychology of people uh, growing at this point in time. Um, so there are, there will be new jobs in, in certain areas and industries that perhaps um, were not as popular, but it will grow to become uh, more widespread in years to come when there is kind of a shift um, in that whole educational system. It, it might take, you know, your 10, 15 or even 20 years for it to move. Uh, but in all honesty, with, the, with, um, with AI and technology, um, the speed at which people will adopt these new technologies will be a lot faster. So in closing, um, how should people as well as companies prepare to accommodate these shifts that we're going to see with the rise of AI? Right. I think um, it will be, at the end of the day, it is about adapting. It is about relearning what is new in the market. I mean, if you, if you even were to talk about social media in the past, it was just what Facebook, Instagram, and now you have a lot more of applications, let's say TikTok, and and I think even as we speak, there are new there are new uh, and newer technologies coming up. So I think it's about keeping abreast um, of your particular industry, um, taking into consideration what consumers want and what consumers need, um, and also always always refreshing oneself. I think that's the most important. Hamida, thank you so much for speaking with us today. You're welcome. That was Hamida Aidila, founder of Parrot Social, a data analytics and strategic advisory firm powered by artificial intelligence, talking to us about how AI is going to affect industries and jobs. Uh, we're going to be extending the conversation later on to society, but uh, we'd like to hear from you. Could you be replaced at your job by AI? And in general, how would you like to see AI used? How do you think it can be helpful? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. We've got time for some messages. So a couple of people bringing up um, upskilling job industries and so on. Aslam says, every coin has two sides. AI is the same. The fear is that there is the fear is that the job market could be in danger. However, in the future, the job itself could be redefined. New market, new industries, but human capital still leading the way as far as we know. Yeah, um, and. and it can be very easy to get caught up, I think, in, in the fear uh, of what AI can bring. But um, the other side of it, Aslam, that, that I think is maybe important to bring up is that maybe for some of us um, in 
in jobs. Basically, it's easy for those of us who aren't, for example, in manufacturing, uh, or who aren't in certain sectors where those jobs can very easily be automated. And it's not even about AI, it's just automation. Um, I think it's easier for us to say this. Yeah, and, and the problem actually, and it hardly ever is the technology, is it? The problem is that people in those jobs are always viewed as easily dispensable. They haven't necessarily been protected or taken care of properly in the first place. And so when these sorts of, uh, these sorts of innovations come on, nobody advocates for them and, and they lose their jobs. So I think that it's much less to do with technology and more to do with how we think about the people who keep our literal engines running. We want to know, could you be replaced at your job by AI? And how would you like to see AI used in general? Uh, what do you think it could be helpful with? You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. It's 6.38 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. It's an exciting one today, I think. We've been talking about artificial intelligence or AI and how it affects jobs and also more broadly society. So we've been asking, could you be replaced at your job by AI? And also, how would you like to see AI used in general? How would it actively make your life better, you think. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. So before we get to the messages, um, we did also put a call out to some industry folks to ask them how they thought AI would be changing the landscape for them. Let's start off with a voice note from Daniel Rahman, who is the director at Sunway Education Group. Of course, in terms of society, AI is everywhere, right? We now hear, hey Siri, hey Google, which is very common. Everybody has an Apple or an Android phone. AI is not just changing the way we live and work and interact with each other, but it's changing and influencing the way we think. In education, places like Arizona State University are already using AI to transform education by enabling personalized learning. For example, you can go on to ChatGPT today, ask it to create a lesson plan on sustainability and environment for 12-year-olds, and it can do that within seconds. Teachers, of course, can use AI to grade um, for administrative tasks. So we see AI playing a role in definitely lightening the burden of education and teachers. Now, it sounds cliched, but AI will have a profound effect. The question for Malaysia is, what does it mean for society, the economy and the education space? As we know, Malaysia has the most digital natives in Asia, but we are also facing one of the worst impacts of learning loss due to COVID-19. We have 97% of businesses, which are SMEs, but basic digitization is still inaccessible or unfamiliar for most. And of course, there are other concerns like privacy, data bias, making workers obsolete, cheating in education, or even AI scam bots, God forbid, right? So the question is, what can we do at government and policy levels, as well as within the private sector, to be able to pull the levers in the right way for the benefit of society? Now, it's a big question, but it's clearly an exciting time for all. We also reached out to Adam Brimo, founder and CEO of Open Learning Limited, which is an educational technology company based in Australia. Recent advancements in generative AI have surprised the world. A range of new tools led by ChatGPT, but with others sure to follow from Google, Baidu and more, have demonstrated how large language models can generate new content, text, images, music and soon video. Across the education sector, 
there is both curiosity and concern, but also excitement about the potential of these tools. Generative AI is still new, and its results are sometimes wrong, but the direction is clear. It's improving day by day. In some studies, essays written by generative AI have achieved passing marks in exams. Much like a calculator is to mathematics, generative AI is capable of analyzing and summarizing a portion of human knowledge on demand. For education providers that rely on standardized exams and rote learning, this poses an immediate challenge. But it will have little immediate impact on educators who use project-based learning, problem-solving, and peer discussion to engage and motivate their students to learn new skills. So, we are seeing three reactions in Malaysia, Australia, around the world. The first is to ban generative AI and require students to write with pen and paper in an exam setting. The second is to attempt to identify text created via AI, something that is likely not to be possible in the medium term as these tools improve. And the third is to embrace generative AI and educate students on how to use it, redesigning education to take advantage of this new tool. Either way, questions remain. How do we ensure equitable access to these new technologies? Will they impact our critical thinking skills? And is there an inherent bias in generative AI based on all of the data on which it is trained? Ultimately, it's still the early days, but generative AI has the potential to be an accelerator of human potential if we utilize it appropriately. That was Adam Brimo, founder and CEO of Open Learning Limited, which is an educational tech company based in Australia. And earlier on, we heard from Daniel Rahman, director at Sunway Education Group. So both circling this question of education. And that's a that's kind of a nice one, partly because one of the more um, scandalised headlines around AI has been college students are using it to write essays and, and things like that. And um, that's partly how I think people first became aware of exactly how sophisticated, when I say people, I mean the general public, um, first became aware of how sophisticated it can be. Yes, I mean, uh, that's, that's actually how a lot of people were, you know, oh, here is an essay that nobody knew was written by AI. But I think on the other hand, it also opens up questions about um, how exactly we're grading people, the value of education, um, why it is that students seem to think that they need to do it in the first place. Yeah, so it, it's an interesting time, no doubt. Let us know again, the question today is, could you be replaced at your job by an AI? And in general, how would you like to see AI used? How would it be helpful? That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So um, we have a couple of voice notes. Let's start off with this one from Afik. And the question that I'm wondering is whether you guys can be replaced by AI. What do you guys think? What if we have an AI-generated podcast? A bit, uh, bit, a bit weird, but I don't know. I think what I'm struggling to see is what you prefer. I can't, I can't tell from your voice note whether you want this to happen. Are you campaigning for us to lose our jobs? Um, but on a more serious note... It's a question that I think a lot of people think about, um, and particularly in the context of the creative or media fields. So I was having a conversation about this with a friend who is a writer, um, and essentially because with things like ChatGPT, uh, a lot of uh, your more generic writing can be replaced. And ultimately what we arrived at, perhaps you know, in a very self-preservation kind of way, is that an AI could write a version of what you or I could do, but they wouldn't write the version that you and I can do. And ultimately, it becomes about that, about a particular voice, a particular approach to thinking. 
Uh, okay, so I, I'm going to add on and say that firstly, I've heard AI-generated voices and you can tell. I, I think that yes, you can actually... Yes, for now actually you can tell. Yes, yes. Uh, more so than AI-generated scripts or AI-generated uh, dialogues. Those have actually become really rather sophisticated. But an AI-generated voice sounds like AI-generated music. You can just tell that no human like like switch the mic on or, or touch the drumstick, you know, it's it's just quite clear. So in that sense, for now at least, I think we're good. I don't know if this is going to be true for the rest of our careers. Um, the other thing is, we mentioned this just now, but uh, just to reiterate, there's a distinction between uh, soft AI and hard AI. And I believe where we are right now, no matter how sophisticated, is soft AI. In other words, it's intelligence that is based on its ability to create based on input that is put into it. So it's not independently coming up with things. It takes instructions. It has the ability to take everything that you've ever said and done, everything that's on the, on the internet and come up with something. But in and of itself, it hasn't skynetted. It's not like off making decisions and, and creating things. And I think there is a further distinction, right, which you made earlier as well, the difference between... Um, automated processes that would benefit greatly from eliminating um, people who are frankly overworked, abused, put in dangerous situations, um, but with thought put into the system to make sure that they are not just let go. That's very different from do we choose a, um, a human to write this article or do we get an AI to do it and it will be good enough? So um, to close off on this side of things, we're going to come back for more of your messages. Uh, but I wanted to read this by Ro, who says, sadly, I was replaced at work by AI. Anuradha Indran. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was going to be an Anwar Ibrahim joke, frankly. I did too. I did too. But I was going to say, I can think of uh, a couple of prime ministers who could say the same. <laughs> right. So there we are. But I love this so much. Uh, thank you, Ro. And good luck, Anuradha. Uh, keep those thoughts coming. Could you be replaced at your job by artificial intelligence or AI? And um, in general, how would you like to see AI used? What interests you about it? You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Brainy, fancy material. BFM 89.9. It is 6.49 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. We're talking about artificial intelligence today and its impact on jobs and the world and asking you, could you be replaced at your job by AI? How would you like to see it used? Um, what interests you here? You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So earlier, a voice note from Afik asked whether we could be replaced by AI. Uh, we both I think, gave a number of reasons as to why it's a little bit further down the line, one of which being that neither of us thought AI-generated voices sounded that much like the real thing. Andrew is saying, you are wrong. AI-generated voices can be quite natural to distinguish now. So, Sharmila, a growing petition for AI presenters. You know, if this meant that I could perhaps have dinner at 7.30 once in a while 
<laughs> Maybe, as long as I don't lose my job. I think uh, this is one of those things to each their own. Um, I, I do believe, and, and I agree with you, that the voice alone devoid of context, does sound quite natural. I'm not sure speaking for three hours, you would be like, yes, this is a person. So, you know, it, it goes, it really depends. Um, but then there's all the other stuff that we were talking about, the, the content and the thinking, which is what a lot of people are bringing up as well. So, for example, Wendy says, I think as a teacher, I could possibly be replaced in terms of knowledge, skills and tools. But at the same time, I think students want the human touch. So unless AI becomes more emotive, it's still a long way in the future. As for what I'd like AI to do, I would like having to uh, I would like them monitoring old folks who don't have anyone to look after them and to alert proper authorities or relevant parties if anything goes wrong. Um, also, given your latest comment about how students use AI to write essays, if you know your students, their personalities and voice, you could possibly identify between original and AI-generated work? Oh, this is exactly what I mean, Wendy. Thank you so much. Well, firstly, I love that suggestion. I think that's a great um, real-world application for AI that could be very useful. Um, and that's exactly what I mean. If your relationship with your students was so superficial, one, that you couldn't tell that an AI wrote their essay. Second, if you run the kind of course or class where students feel the need to prioritize sending in an essay over actually learning something, then there are larger problems than just the existence of AI. So, um, yes, I, I agree with that. And and then now I'm also wondering, because this is the question I've been asking everybody. And Wendy, um, if you're, you're still with us and you want to, you know, let us know what you think. I'd like to know how you think you can use AI, because that's the other thing. If we all agree, roughly, that we're not yet at the point of replacement per se, but we are at a point where it is infiltrating our industries, it's part and parcel of it now, then the question becomes, if you're not going to be replaced, how can it help you? So that's the next progression, I feel. Um, meanwhile, Boyi says, AI is meant to complement human ability and intelligence. It's not to compete. AI doesn't have soft skills. There's no teamwork, no new ideas, no ambition right now. Um, it may replace humans, but business will be stagnant or even dropping. Um, money, business opportunities, that exists from human desire, human trust. Even working with humans who have no common sense or humour is stressful. AI lagila. Um, also, AI still needs a user, a programmer, human monitoring. Um, humans conclude their days with assalamualaikum, while AI says hasta la vista. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Wow, the, the, the sci-fi potential for that message is so huge. Um, I will say, Boy, that I do think that there is going to be a lot more progress with this and that it will happen at quite an accelerated pace. So it's entirely possible that a lot of the points that you're making now will change quite soon. Um, but not I do empathy, think, though, right? Not, 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 I was, yes, yeah. that's exactly what I was going to say. That I think, though, that the... The, the points that you make about empathy, the points that you make about even a sense of humour, um, those won't be so easily replaced, I think. All right. We have a voice note uh, that's come in. Here is Bing. Well, I think it's more mundane tasks, uh, repetitive and mundane tasks, definitely AI can replace. Uh, for example, the... Uh, for the bank side, you know, most of the time they conveying matters with legal uh, for things like your home loans, uh, your uh, what they call their personal loans, all these things, the documentation can all be replaced by AI. In fact, uh, even now uh, in banks for small, medium industry assessments, uh, normally they go through what they call a scorecard and the assessment will come 
from humans, but the scorecard comes from the computer. So sooner or later, you can do away with that. Uh, I think more customer-facing uh, kind of jobs, which needs a bit more bespoke stuff to be included, then definitely human touch still needs to be there. But more repetitive, mundane ones and simple facilities, uh, you can replace by AI. I, I foresee even credit departments within banks will be streamlined and then uh, really reduced to a few persons strictly because of AI. Bing, thank you so much for that voice note. Uh, making a very similar point is uh, Munif, who says, you know, droning, dangerous, tedious jobs. I have no problems with AI usage alongside a larger point about art that I think we can address separately. So, yeah, I, I actually think that um, that's why the wholesale paranoia about AI is not useful, right? Because I think there are lots of opportunities. And I do think that alongside those, then we need to talk about how then do we upskill or accommodate for people who might lose their jobs or be made redundant because it's the same problem that happens every time with automation when you replace it replace people with technology you need to figure out what to do with them yeah so um this is clearly coming alongside a few things right because if you do a repetitive thankless task if you like it you know that that's fine i think some people uh, very much appreciate being able to do work like that but the other thing is if you if you find it thankless, if you're not getting a lot of pay for it, then in theory, in theory, um, if something comes along to take that away, it should be fine. But of course, in most settings, that just means you're fired. You're not replaced, you are fired. Um, not When I say replaced, I mean rehomed within the company. Um, so it, it there's a there are a few things going on. There's the fact that traditionally, workers like these have been mistreated. And then there's the fact that when we talk about these tedious tasks, um, they still pay people at the moment. So I don't mean to be alarmist, but earlier I did say, um, do, can AI have a sense of humor? And Shariza is asking, can an AI laugh at a joke? I did do a little bit of Googling and I will just say though, there has been AI that have been trained to write jokes. And I think that um, what the research so far shows is that they're actually able to, through studying data, identify better than other humans what is funny, which I found was interesting. Because writing a good joke is different from knowing what is funny because you've studied enough people to understand it. What does this mean? Like, is the AI then delivering the joke or is it sending in a written joke? Like, like So what's at going the moment, on? it's only in text. So they, they basically ask people to read the joke and rate how funny it is or do they laugh and stuff like that. As far as I know, no comedian has been using an AI-generated joke. <laughs> no, I, I only ask uh, not because I, I'm worried about the ethical ramifications for comedians, uh, but more so because I was thinking about the difference between a written haha uh, uh, and a, written, a delivered. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and um, if you think about stand-up comedy, for example, half the laugh is in the pause. Sometimes it's someone saying something and then pausing, or sometimes it's the fact that you don't say anything at all, um, there's the physicality of it. So, yeah, I suppose AI could laugh. I mean, you see even in like the series and Alexa's, the, they've been programmed to theoretically make us laugh. Like when we say things like, can I beat you up? And they're like, haha, you know, or, or they respond snarkily. Well, Agent Smith could laugh, but nobody wanted that. No. And did Agent Smith make people laugh? <laughs> Not Never. so much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Munif is making, a, like I said earlier, a separate point about art. 
Sharmila, you have yes. uh, two minutes to fight it because Munif says, I don't know about AI softwares in different contexts, but when it comes to art, it's downright unethical. There's no debate. Ripping the artwork of others online without consent and mashing them together into a soulless, albeit pretty on the surface looking abomination. Um, also, the advent of IR 4.0 and digital tech has already rendered many human skills useless in place of mass production. Rampant abuse and reliance on AI will cause even worse damage in the sense that it will replace thinking altogether, let alone skills. Um, my complaints are for the creative industry. Sharmila, long-time art critic and viewer and watcher of things. <laughs> Fight Munif, do it. Well, okay. I'm not fighting him so much as to say, I am on your side in terms of ripping off people's work without credit. I think that is a complete uh, travesty. However, I think, I wonder how much of this is a little bit knee-jerk because of the way artists are already not being treated well by the industry, right? Um, because in the end, with something like Dali, which relies on prompts to put in uh, and create, maybe what's happening is we're seeing a shift in terms of what we think of as valuable in art. Um, I'm not saying that it's complicated, right? I'm not saying people are not going to lose jobs because if a simple design can now be generated in seconds. Uh, but I do wonder then whether we need to just start valuing the whole field better rather than pointing to AI as the problem. So, could you be replaced by at your job by AI? That's the question today. And also... How would you like to see AI used in general or how are you using it? You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note to 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Bombing frustrated minds. It's 707 and BFM 89.9. It's been all about artificial intelligence today. And we've been asking, could you be replaced at your job by AI? And how would you like to see AI used in general? How do you use it even if, if you're already doing so? You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. And to the multitude of listeners asking, us whether we think AI can come for our jobs. I'd like to see them try, I say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, people are asking, maybe in time. I don't know how long it'll take, though. I think it'll be a while more. I think so. And and look, actually, to, to talk about act, people um, giving examples of real lifetimes when AI has replaced jobs. I think there are some interesting ones coming through and I think they give you a clue into, at least in the near future, what sorts of jobs we might need to think about. Um, Alexander, for instance, says, my company engaged a copywriter to write product descriptions for selling products online. Now we're exploring ChatGPT and it gives much better quality copywriting. Is AI replacing jobs? Well, we're planning on terminating the human copywriter. So what do you think? Firstly, the use of terminate in any point or form in relation right. to AI is scary. Um, but Alexander, I hear you actually. And I think, um, I, I'm wondering whether there is a distinction to be made here uh, because you said product description for selling stuff online, which is so deeply entrenched in SEO, um, in, in word counts, in trying to, you know, you have pretty, I, from my experience doing this, you have pretty rigid boxes that you have to tick in order to write what you would consider good copy for selling product. I don't know if, um, so there's a difference, right, between saying come up with a campaign versus write copy for selling products. 
Yes. So um, the closest example I can think of is I attended a journalism conference once where they talked about the potential of AI to cover sporting events and to report on basic sports stats. This happened, this happened, this person won. And they were making the distinction between that and how having a software that could do that would then free up the actual sports writer to write commentary. Mm. Um, so there are opportunities as well um, in terms of freeing up people from doing, again, mundane jobs. And just in case you missed our earlier conversation on this, we are aware that people can, uh, that people, that AI can now also, in fact, write the scripts for the sports writer. But what they can't necessarily capture is an individual voice, an individual point of view. So I think that's where the distinction is. Nadi is also sending a point um, similar to this, saying, I'm in marketing, I do content creation and ads. Chat GPT has been very helpful and it cuts down a lot of my time, which is usually spent cracking head, my cracking my head to write captions, making sure it's attractive enough, SEO friendly. I now have more time to do other more complicated things. I used a few other AI writing tools before, but it's not as good as Chat GPT, so it wasn't helpful. Um, a lot of amendments were still needed, but when Chat GPT came along, I'm surprised that it's very intelligent and can actually be very helpful. That's exactly it. The point about um, freeing up time to do more complicated things. Um, and that's one of the things that we could be thinking about. Asmin says, for the accounting profession, it's really about redefining their role around the use of AI, just like other tech. Those who move faster will be able to grab all the new opportunities that will open up thanks to the use of AI. Those who don't, prepare to be made irrelevant. Oh, well, I mean, we did hear about someone losing their job earlier or potentially losing their job. So I suppose that there is some truth to that. It's um, And that point about upskilling and staying relevant and fresh is one that's actually come through a number of times, including from our guest. Aaron is making an interesting point. Would AI or digitalization remove the human element that provides compassion and empathy when it comes to decision making? So this is really interesting, um, partly mm. because... Um, you might have seen all the headlines about AI being racist. And, and this is something that's come through time and time again, whether it's in terms of like filtering for crime or uh, filtering for HR and hiring. And part of it was because it makes its decision, it inherits all our biases and then it crystallizes those biases into a very flattened decision. Just this person is bad or this person's less hireable because traditionally they've been hired less. So you're right. I think it's what we make of it, at least for the time being. Um, I don't know, though, if we can teach it empathy as such. No, I'm not sure. And, and now we're getting into real philosophical areas, right? What makes us human? How do we acquire empathy? And whether they're just um, learned behavior or something that is inherently in us. The truth is, I don't think we actually know. Um, Kay John just says, one of the ways I think AI should be used, and it's already currently being used, is in medical research. Cure cancer, please. Oh, that's a that's actually a really good one. In fact, more people making points about uh, healthcare and and the potential for mm. AI. Uh, Legion says maybe AI could be installed in emergency departments. Um, all the non-urgent cases of people walking in to ask about a mole that has been there for thirty years can be directed there. But we'll need to train it to understand Manglish, Cantonese, Klantanese, Iban, Bidayo. Most of the AI designed are for Western societies. I think that's a really, really cool point. Um, and I assume that it would be easy to teach and easy to train. Uh, that's the whole selling point of AI. Yes, that, that the capacity to learn new information is so much faster. So yes, I think uh, if anything, teaching language to an AI should be much, much easier. Uh, the 30-year mole is, you know, the salt of a doctor. I, I, <laughs> 
I hear a doctor just frustrated by it. Um, JW is saying AI health monitoring systems would be great, just like in the manufacturing industry, which I think is kind of an interesting suggestion. Uh, Wendy is back. So Wendy was a teacher, uh, is a teacher who said earlier that sure, um, in terms of knowledge and so on, she could be replaced, but not in terms of the human touch. Um, and then we asked Wendy, how are you using AI. And Wendy says, I use Google Classroom a lot. Same with plagiarism checkers, autocorrect, sometimes email suggestions, um, grading for certain assessments like multiple choice questions and short answers, uh, although short answers may then need to be checked over briefly. I also actually teach a module on AI, so my students use chatbots in class. Delving into improving teaching methods and perhaps suggesting ways I can enhance student learning helps. I also discuss and explore with them how it can be used in real life applications and use them as, a, as examples in class. It's just so much and there are too many ways to explore. Uh, I haven't managed to use chat GPT yet as too many people are still using it. And I pick and observe how AI is applied and used and see if it can be translated into a more human context. For example, I recreate what they do in the form of um, gamification, for instance. Oh, Wendy, being in your class just sounds like such a blast. Right. Yeah, I, like every part of that sounds so interesting and such a cool way to get the conversation going about AI that could otherwise become in the classroom setting quite accusatory. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, on suggestions on what AI can be used for, Donna says, <laughs> I'm still waiting for the robot butler to become a reality. To some extent, it will uh, solve the shortage of um, helpers for houses. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, PL says... Um, Dan Pink's book, titled A Whole New Mind, Why Right-Brainers Will Rule the Future, <laughs> predicted the automation and AI as a tool to uh, further improvement for humankind. Um, I think, though, we also need to consider um, the Sophia robot using AI tech. Sophia has been declared an official Saudi citizen. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I mean, I, I think all of these are part and parcel of the kind of headlines that have been coming out around AI, right? I was really interested in this particular one from Kuhan. Um, Kuhan says, I love AI. It lets me do mundane stuff such as writing letters, memos, even arbitrary stuff, poems for a loved one, way more easier. What AI can't do? Knowledge making. That's coming up with creative things that no one else has done before. This is true in science. Hence, I don't think that a scientist will be replaced by AI. Mm, uh, well, I mean, what is it that they say about the the son killing the father? I mean, if, if scientists were replaced by AI, that would really be it. Yeah, although the writing of poems, though, I am quite intrigued by. Yeah, uh, what are you letting it comb, right? Your texts? Like, I know. Yeah, they're, they're these or sorts is of it questions. just give me a love poem and that's all? Give me a love poem for Susan. Yeah. <laughs> have Have the name rhyme. Can I just say one person came through, just Farid, saying, AI presenter, no! Thank you, Farid. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Um, broadly speaking, people have been calling for our our obsolescence. Which is, our termination. Yes, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, after this, we're going to be talking about how AI could impact our society, our social structures, um, with Gabby Go, who is an Associate Director and Innovation Content and Tech Observer at TBWA Asia. Keep it here on Inside Story, BFM 89.9. Bigotry Free Malaysia, BFM 89.9. It is exactly 7.18 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila, concluding our conversation on AI now. is the question of how it will affect our society. Joining us to talk about that, Gabby Go, Associate Director and Innovation Content and Tech Observer at TBWA Asia. Gabby, thanks for taking the time. No worries. Thanks for having me. So how much AI will impact us as a society? You know, people go back and forth on it. 
Some say it will improve everyday life, it gets to take on routine and uh, uncomplicated tasks. Others argue that it will lead to issues like unemployment and you know privacy risks. Where do you stand on this? So I think what both sides of the debate believe will happen, will happen. All of it. Yes, it will improve daily life by helping to automate routine, complicated, or dangerous tasks. And yes, it will also result in the shift in the types of jobs being in demand or being made redundant. And yes, there will be privacy risks as more AI modules and solutions are introduced. But on the flip side, there will be a counter wave of AI-driven security solutions to meet that, right? The question is really around how do we collectively ensure that the good outnumbers the bad, just like any tech tool that we've introduced into our lives in the last couple of decades. So then to expand that, right, uh, talk to us about how you see AI impacting and transforming our society, let's say in the next decade. So that's a pretty broad and complicated question to answer in the time we have. And I would say that we're definitely in an experimental phase right now with the rise of generative AI tools. I mean, I saw a story the other day about a developer that built a chatbot that lets you talk to historical figures like Hitler and Pol Pot um, for a fee, of course. Some guys are free. Uh, I think Stalin is free. But, um, you know, uh, people are experimenting in, in discovery mode right now. The corporate answer is that the impact will run the gamut from unlocking next generation consumer experiences like metaverse and cryptocurrencies to improving healthcare services and enhancing foreign policy decision-making. But I think another good thing that will happen uh, since we're focusing on the societal aspect of things is that you know as people become more and more aware of all these solutions, we will also start hopefully potentially doing something that we should have had the agency to do from the start, which is own our own data. I mean, we we will want to be aware of whom we give our data to and how, and not just reap its benefits. Now, according to the Oxford Insights 2021 AI Readiness Index, Malaysia ranks 36 out of 160 countries in terms of how prepared the government uh, is to use AI in public services. What does being prepared mean in this context? What would it entail? First, that's the very Malaysian response. Wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to, you know, readiness and government services, incorporating new technologies and stuff, I mean, the, the consultants, consultancies, consultancies out there have like a whole framework uh, mapped out for these kind of things. And it'll be the same approach for the introduction of AI-driven solutions, right? It's like, what's your vision and goal for the use of AI? Don't just use AI for the sake of it. You know, do you have the controls and the government governance systems in place to enable successful implementation within your organization? Do you have the right people with the technical skill sets to handle this? And perhaps more importantly, is your existing workforce open to this change, you know, in their daily ops? And obviously, do you have the data sets that are complete enough and compliant with regulation to feed your AI algorithms with so you get the most out of it, you know, and obviously having the right tech and platform solutions in place that won't mess up the rest of your tech infrastructure. And perhaps I think the last bullet point on the classic consultancy framework is the ethics component, because you know, with AI solutions and what we're seeing now happening with um, things like MidJourney and ChatGPT is, you know, do you have the mechanisms in place 
in your organization to manage issues like AI bias, to promote fairness and transparency, and to ensure that your organization's values and integrity are embedded into the process? So the argument against allowing AI to take over the mundane, uh, Mm. uncomplicated daily tasks uh, is that it will allow, um, or rather the argument for allowing that is that then humans will get to spend more time focusing on creativity and empathy. Uh, Do you agree? And what would it take for us to get there? I mean, you could argue that creativity and empathy are things we cultivate and develop as people, regardless of the tasks that we have or the technology that we have available to us. I mean, you could work at your desktop computer job and still daydream about your next magnum opus script or musical or novel, and you can empathize with your colleagues when they're feeling overworked. The current, like the increased introduction of AI into the workplace should could be viewed as just another tool to help unlock that. And it probably would eventually. But I think the fear is during this transitional stage, as solutions get more mature and sophisticated, there is this fear that these AI tools, as they get introduced, will instead result in just more work to manage the very tools that were supposed to make our lives easier. You know, your classic growing pains. Amen. Like just go back to the time when, uh, you know, Zoom was introduced into our working lives or teams and stuff like that. So is that fear right now? Is that, oh, no, for the workforce, especially, oh, no, we're going to just have more work to manage the tools that were supposed to lessen our work. So, um We've been talking about the classroom as well, and there have been worries about things like AI doing homework for students, writing essays in the long term. And I I get this is a bit of a, um, well, a a stirring question. Do you see this potentially leading to future generations being, I guess, what some people would say is intellectually lazy? The... The panic and the frenzy and the drama happening in the education sector is definitely very interesting. I mean, my take on it all is, let let me ask you um, this. The current generation and the future generation of students are not the first generation to have their lives impacted by the introduction of technology. Let me ask you simply this. Do you remember the mobile phone numbers of all your family members? (laughs) You know? And and, 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 uh, on a more kind of philosophical note, Is it more important that you know why or how events like Hiroshima or the Vietnam War happened or the exact date that it did, right? There's this whole complaint about education today that's become systematic. It's all about route learning rather than accomplishing what it's supposed to do, which is help our students learn and retain the learning they have. So if AI can help them find credible information quickly and and can help them shape their thoughts, then to me, there's nothing but good in that because critical thinking should be one of the key goals of any level of education. So no, I don't think it'll result in a case of being intellectually lazy, and I put that in air quotes, but rather I see it as a shift in, a necessary shift in how we teach and what we prioritize or how we define what intelligence or being a learner looks like. The other conversation that's happened quite often is concerns around bias and discrimination when it comes to AI. Um, And this is, of course, a result of it being cultivated on biased discriminatory human data. How might this affect a societally if it's not addressed early? And as we see AI become more integrated deeply into many aspects of our lives. 
I think it'll be extremely detrimental. And we've already seen, you know, stories come up about what could happen if measures are not put in place to mitigate this risk. I mean, remember the early days of facial recognition software? There were all these reports about the system not being able to detect um, Asian faces or African-American faces, right? And, um, you know, I, I looked back, there was that really famous case, um, I think it's 2015, um, Amazon, you know, probably one of the biggest champions of using algorithms and automation and stuff, realized that their algorithm used for hiring employees was found to be biased against women. And the reason for that was because the algorithm was based on the number of resumes submitted over the past decade or so. And since most of the applicants were men, it was trained to favor men over women. So yeah, it's really detrimental. And it's and I like to think that we're in a better place now to kind of try and mitigate and address that than we were, say, 10 years ago. So, Gabby, we have a minute and a bit left with you. I think I'm going to ask you kind of a simplistic question to end. Are you optimistic? Um, do you think overall this is a move for, for good? You know, is there reason to be optimistic for us all? I will say in all things, I am cautiously optimist, optimistic because the reality is, is that we can't stop it. We can't. The 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 doors are open, Pandora's box is opened. What we can only do is um, hopefully steer all this energy, this investment and brain power towards outcomes and solutions that have a meaningful and hopefully positive impact uh, on society as a whole. And I like to think that we have hopefully learned the lessons from the the rise of social media that better informs and equips us to kind of raise the right you know ask the right questions and put in the right rail guards in place. Gabby, thanks for speaking with us today. No worries. Thanks so much for having me. That was Gabby Go, Associate Director and Innovation Content and Tech Observer at TBWA Asia, talking to us about how we might see artificial intelligence affecting our society, um, which is a very weighty question and one that I think, uh, as Gabby pointed out, it's very early, early days yet to have this conversation. But yeah, um, keep those thoughts coming. We want to know or have been asking you really whether you think you could be replaced at your job by AI um, and how you'd like to see it apply. You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. You can, of course, also tweet us at BFM Radio. You've been listening to Inside Story, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.